Our guest today is Lisa Wadill, a friend of mine and a real estate agent here in Austin. Lisa was supposed to meet me for lunch and I surprised her with the fact that I'm starting this podcast up and she was gracious enough to be my first guest. And we had a conversation for about an hour long and talked about a lot of different topics. Didn't have any particular goal in mind aside from you know getting to know her and telling her story. Uh, Lisa was a school teacher that eventually decided to take the plunge and become a real estate agent. And we talk about that and we talk about what it was like to make the decision to not just do real estate on the side, but to finally make that decision to let go and go full-time and really pursue her dreams and um, her aspirations. And for those of you that are just starting a new career, particularly real estate and or thinking about taking that plunge yourselves, this is a great listen. I hope you enjoy the show. hope you enjoy um, the podcast, and I promise I'll continue to get better as we go along. But for the time being, you can enjoy this first episode with our friend, Lisa Waddell. Lisa Waddell, what's going on? Uh, staying busy. Staying busy? Yeah. That's always good stuff. Yeah, it's always good stuff. How do you pronounce Better. your name officially? <laughs> Is it Waddle? Waddle? Waddle. Waddle. Okay, so I was always doing it right. Yes, I guessed you are. from the beginning <laughs> when I first met you, sorry, I just spilled water all over myself. I didn't myself. tell you at the beginning? Um, I mean, you must have, but I think I probably walked away wondering to myself, like, is it yeah. Waddle? Or yeah. is it, I've, I've, I've been saying Waddle. I get all kinds of stuff, so don't worry about it. Waddle? Waddle. Waddle? Yeah. <laughs> waddle? Uh-huh. Lisa Waddle? Yeah. So you've been staying busy, huh? Yeah. You look great. Oh, thank you. You look like full of energy and excited. Um, Yeah, thank you for coming and thank you for doing this. I I got it into my head last night. You know who Gary Vee is? You know who Gary Vee is. Mm -mm. Do you know? You've Mm -mm. never heard of Gary Vee? Mm Mm-mm. So Gary Vee is like this... Um, if it's a guru, I don't listen to him. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you could... I probably should, but I just don't. No, no, no. I mean, it's kind I mean, of a... I mean, it's not nothing against him. Yeah. I just... I never have sat down and listened to anyone. It's kind of a crapshoot with um, gurus. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have, like, mixed feelings about all of them. Mm-hmm. But Gary Vee, I, I just always like Gary Vee because it's so funny. His The things that he says, that I, don't, that I don't ever even feel like they're advice. It's like just common sense Mm -hmm. and work ethic stuff Mm -hmm. but I was just talking to somebody earlier at coffee and I was telling them that a lot of times those conversations or those podcasts that you're listening to they're like mental training so I liken it to trying to lose weight right you you need to lose weight or you need to get in shape so you got to do it pretty much every day Mm -hmm. and you need to go to the gym you need to eat right and it's like a constant effort Mm -hmm. and I feel like sometimes with those gurus some obviously some are better than others but a lot of the times it's important just because it's good mental training right it reminds you to keep doing the things that you're supposed to be doing and to stay focused on what's important and not get distracted Mm -hmm. um and so to that you know to that extent i like to listen to them from you know time to time and i hadn't listened to anything from gary v in a long time and um yesterday i was going home and I don't know why, I think I was out of podcasts to listen to, so I put on Gary Vee, mm-hmm. and he had this podcast on there. And he started talking about like all of the things that we normally do to create business and to like stay on top of you know marketing. And I got like this surge of energy, and I was like, yeah, man, like what am I doing? <laughs> like I can even get my ass going. Yeah. And I remembered that a long time ago, about sometime last year, I started a podcast. And... Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know why, but I just stopped doing it. I did three podcasts. Mm-hmm. I just talked to myself and I talked about like credit capacity and collateral, like mortgage stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's like a very select group of people that were going to want to listen to that. And, and then I just, I guess I got busy and I stopped doing it mm-hmm. and I stopped posting as much on Instagram and I stopped doing marketing things and, mm-hmm. and I got distracted. Yeah. And so when I went online yesterday to look at that post or, or my 
podcast, I saw that quite a few people, about 200 people had listened to it or something. And I thought, that's so weird. I didn't even really push that. So I got it in my head that I needed to do this Mm -hmm. and get it started. And since we were going to have lunch, I was like, oh, maybe I'll have her be my first guest. And you're such a trooper. I gave you like 30 minutes. Ah. (laughs) Like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Like, I'm... I'm not a fly by the state of my pants kind of person. Mm-hmm. I have to plan and research and gather information. Yeah. And no, I mean the thing, and that's the thing do, is that I didn't want to do it like interview you style. You know my videos, how long it takes me to do a video. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I hate doing videos. Yeah. I feel like this. This is Sorry, why I, I wanted to do this. And stuff. No, don't worry about it. That's why I like this format so much better because I've made videos before and they're like 30 second videos, like mm-hmm. quick little mortgage tidbits and they take me like two freaking hours. Yeah. I don't like the way that I look. I don't like the way that I sound. I don't like mm-hmm. the way that I smiled on that one. There's mm-hmm. food in my teeth or yeah. this is the bad shadow. And Are you I just, saying there's food in my teeth? No, no, no. <laughs> but this format's so much easier because, you know, you're just talking, you're just having a conversation and... Um, I finished having coffee with a good friend of mine, Amanda, earlier, and I was telling her I wish we would have recorded this because we had such an awesome conversation mm. about the struggles she's been through, you know, when she first got started as an agent yeah. and things that she encounters in the industry. And I was telling her that you have no idea how many agents are just like for the first time getting started mm-hmm. and they're so alone Yeah, that this conversation to them is gold because they're they're hearing that okay people have been through this yeah. like it, this is normal this is i'm not alone in this yeah. feeling of of um kind of lost mm-hmm. you know just kind of feeling lost and floating around by myself and that's why i mentor mm-hmm. i mentor young agents because i know i'm not too far removed from it mm-hmm. so it still feels kind of fresh in my head you yeah. know i remember what it was like i remember how hard it was and they sometimes just need that reassurance that they're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, mean, I like it. I like doing it. Mentoring? Yeah. How many do you mentor? Do you? Um, I usually don't do more than four mm-hmm. or five at a time, but right. I think right now I have four. Four? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that must be tough. I mean, they, I can't even imagine um, having that kind of responsibility. I, I, you know, I work with other LOs all the time and we kind of support each other and help each other with advice and all of Mm -hmm. that stuff but I know at some point I'm really looking forward to you know mentoring somebody and Mm -hmm. showing them the ropes and guiding them through you know that process that's exciting to me Mm -hmm. as well this um, man this industry is crazy I mean they're just so many I mean we're in the middle of one right now that's pretty crazy right and so yeah I mean you just never know what to expect and there are a lot of people out there that feel obviously really alone and and I wanted to do the podcast because I thought man how cool would it be to to have a couple of different types of topics like to have one time when we're doing just like a market update what's going on in the industry what's going on with rates and what's going on in general to keep people informed Mm -hmm. do tidbits and teach people about you know how to read closing disclosures or all the kind of boring monotonous work that we should know but that sometimes we aren't taught very well but then the most ex- exciting part of it to me was this stuff is doing or having a conversation with people, just getting to know more about their story, having them share about what they've been through so that other people could listen to it and, and maybe benefit from it. So here we are. You let me do this with 30 minutes notice. <laughs> so tell me everything. <laughs> what do you want to know? Like well, how I got in the business or... I mean, what I think it was that, like that would be kind of cool to kind of find now. out. I mean, I think that we probably had, you know, pieces of this conversation before mm-hmm. when we met at coffee. Mm-hmm. But I'm always curious to find out how people got into this industry because I came from coaching. I was a football coach and then I was a personal trainer for a while. And then I went to coach another high school and and I met some dude that was a, a loan officer. Mm-hmm. So random. Yeah. And he was younger. He was like maybe in his mid 20s. Um and uh, and then I met another gentleman that was um, uh, an appraiser, Patrick. Patrick, if you're listening, Patrick changed my life. You know, Patrick, we were in the middle of a training session one day, and he was one of my favorites. I mean, he was hysterical. And I told him one day that I was thinking about doing it because I'd heard a lot about it. And he just, like, grabs me by the shoulders, old man river style, and he's like, you got to do this, man. It's going to change your life and stop waiting around. And so I leave the session, like, super pumped, and I'm like, I'm going to freaking do this. And I did it. 
and it did it changed my life it changed my life it changed the life of my family and and um, I mean it, it's been insane how much it's changed my life but I'm always curious to find out how everybody else got in because mm -hmm. everybody has their own kind of weird story yeah so, what's that for um, you? mine isn't as random but it's I think there's a lot so I was a teacher mm -hmm. before and I think there's a lot of teachers that turn to real estate right and I think we do it because it's a very similar feel for mm -hmm. us we're in this in the business of serving and helping others same thing we did when we were teaching right um, we have to listen we have to figure out what their needs are how to help them and how to get them to the finish line so it's it's very similar in that aspect mm -hmm. um, my husband and I bought and sold houses that's kind of how we moved up in the ranks we bought nasty houses and mm -hmm. fixed them up and oh then very cool while we were in them and then turned around and sold them for a profit mm -hmm. and i like renovated the whole them process. like kind of yeah. fixed them up a little bit yeah and, yeah cool i liked the whole process and then when um but i was a stay-at-home mom so i did most of like all the stuff in the inside the house and then when my son was born i decided that maybe I wanted to go into real estate. So mm -hmm. I took some classes. This is all while you're teaching. Nope. Wasn't oh, teaching okay. at this point. I was teaching, but not really. Like I was, I was teaching at the preschool where my kids were at. Oh, that's nice. That kind of thing. Um, I taught at Sylvan for a little while. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just trying, like I wanted to, to it's continue like a prep, being a like stay-at-home mom. Like it's like an after school, like a additional help assistance yeah, got it. type okay. thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when my son was about a year old, um, I, and I took the, the test for the classes and I passed them all, but realizing that I was going to have to be working when my family was going to be all at home, I didn't like it. Like yeah. I, I really liked being a stay at home mom. That yeah. was my job and Loved I was it. good at it. Yeah. And so that's what I did. But um, I still kept doing the teaching stuff. I subbed and things like that. When my kids got into elementary school, I was subbing at their school. And there was my son's teacher was um, had to leave. I did a long-term sub for her, and then I ended up teaching the following year. Like, Stayed on. It was just pretty much fell into my lap. Right. I couldn't turn it down. So I did that. I didn't continue Extra the real estate. and it just kind of happened, right? Yeah. And... Um, as I was teaching, I was, I liked being in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I didn't like anything else relating to teaching. I, the I just, bureaucracy and yes, like the, the lesson planning. Please, the, I'm yeah. a people pleaser. I could not please everyone, no, no matter how hard I tried. I and I tried harder every time. And it seemed like the harder I tried, I still couldn't get everybody happy. And it just drove me crazy. Right. Um, and then um, I thought, well, I'm going to get back into real estate. Mm -hmm. So I got my license. I, I um, Officially now, like with your license uh -huh. and going all uh -huh. in. And I was doing it kind of on the side mm -hmm. with a one-man broker. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved over to Keller Williams. Okay. I don't know if I can say that. Can why I not? say that? I don't why, know. Yeah. I don't understand why you can't. <laughs> I don't know. I never want to get in trouble even. Yeah. That's what I I think. Compliance, compliance. I know. You said my name. I know. Um, and I was with them for a year, and then I moved over to EXP. Mm -hmm. Those are all facts. Um, yes. <laughs> Those are all things that did occur. And then when I was with Keller Williams, I decided I wanted to do it full time. Mm -hmm. So I, I quit teaching. My husband died. Like, <laughs> not really. Like, Mentally, okay, he was God. Like, I was like, "Wait, you what? did not just quit your job? Got like, it. you had a regular paycheck. Now we don't know what's when the money's right. going to come in." Um, I thought you, I thought you were telling me like this awful no, no, no. story about no, 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 an no, no, ex-husband no. you know, no, passing no, no, no. away, and I was just like, <laughs> so "Wait, sorry. That was whoa, the wrong choice where words. did this go?" He had a fit. How yeah, about that? Got it. That makes he was much so less upset with me. Um, so hold on, let me before you keep going. This is. <clears throat> That moment in everybody's career mm -hmm. as a real estate agent mm -hmm. or a lender, if you're listening and you're a lender or you're an agent, a realtor or an insurance agent or anybody that kind of works for themselves and is going to make that jump, mm -hmm. what was going on in your mind during that moment and what was like the catalyst that said, 
F it. Like, I'm jumping. Um, so here's what did it for me. I was helping a client. I found them the house they wanted. And we closed on it. <clears throat> and the feeling that I got from that felt wonderful. Mm-hmm. I went back into the classroom, because this was when I was still doing it part-time. And I had a parent come in and yell at me because, um, I can't remember what it was, like something about I I didn't give them enough warning that homework was due. It's like something really stupid. And at that point I thought, why am I still in here? Why am I putting myself in Yes. Like why am I doing this when I could like this other so much better? So that's when I, this, this switch flipped and you were like I'm I gave my this. notice yeah I mean <laughs> I um I mean I think that that's awesome I, I'm always really curious about when people make that jump specifically specifically not when they get into real estate and they decide that they want to do it or they're interested in it but when they make the decision that it is going to be their full-time mm-hmm. gig because I feel like that that is to me where so many of my partners in the past and people like myself can get really stuck is in this place where we're our feet are in two places at the same time like we're kind of half in half out Mm -hmm. and we're upset or concerned because our real estate career or our mortgage career whatever it is isn't really taking off Mm -hmm. um but we're too afraid to let go of that steady check that's coming in right because you know it's a steady check and we got bills to pay and it makes total sense but i i always um encourage people obviously i can't make decisions for people in their lives and i can't possibly be accountable for the bills that they have to pay and the responsibilities that they have but i always i often find myself telling people that if they want to be successful in really any career they have to make a decision at some point that Mm -hmm. they're going all in that Mm -hmm. they're going to put everything they've got into this idea um, and they're going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like what ends up happening is that people don't have enough of an idea of the value that they want to represent and who they want to like, how they want to be looked at in the industry to know that they're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And so I, one of the things that people struggle with a lot, I think, is understanding the type of value that they bring to the table and to their clients. So they don't really know if they should do it because they're, they're not really sure what their own value right. is. Right. And uh, the best agents have, you know, tremendous value and are able to educate, guide, inform, protect the people that they work for. Um, and I, I love when people do it because it's just so exciting to see people say, you know what, my chips are in. Like I'm going all out. I'm going to put everything I've got into this and find out if I've got, you know, what it takes. It's scary as hell. It is scary. It's terrifying. And what I've told people that are doing it part time because rarely are they successful at it part time. Mm-hmm. You can't make it. I don't think I've. Part-time. I'm sure there are people listening that might say to themselves, "Oh, I did it part time and I did just fine." There are a few. There might be a few. Out of the, I've not met probably, them. Probably, I think I've mentored maybe eight or ten part time agents. Mm-hmm. One, so far, is only part time. Uh, successful mm-hmm. at doing it part time, and she's got it with the idea. I of, can think of one off I'm the top letting of my go. head too. Mm-hmm. As soon as I can see that I can make money at right. this, and she is working hard at it. Yeah, I can think works of one. Hard, and he—I mean, that I know of—he's successful. I—I I don't really know yeah. for a fact, but but the others are have mm-hmm. not been successful at yeah, it, and they—they some of them have ended up leaving and mm-hmm. going back to their full-time job that they right. have, and that's okay. I mean, but what I've told them is that if you're going to do it part-time, instead of trying to generate income with it. Start thinking about what kind of agent you want to be. Oh, man. I could not agree yeah. with you more than yeah. that, man. So use that time. I totally agree. To yeah. start planning ahead mm-hmm. so that when you do decide to do it full-time, because eventually you are going to have to do it full-time right. to be successful, really successful, right? Unless you have some kind of niche, <sighs> special niche. Classic. But even that, I, I, I try to tell them to think about who you want to market to. Right. Um, but that way, when you jump in full time, you're you're already one step ahead, and the, and you can jump in going right rather than having to wait and think do all that thinking after you've let go of your job. Don't do that. Right. 
plan it out beforehand so you're ready. Classic. I mean, I feel like the classic mistake for anyone in either one of our positions, whether they're lenders or real estate agents, um, classic mistake I feel like is everybody or not everyone but oftentimes we get so caught up with wanting to be at the finish line so we want to be at we want to start real estate mm-hmm. and immediately immediately like be the biggest realtor at, or the biggest lender on the planet we yeah. want to make millions and close you know whatever in mm-hmm. volume and, and it's all about transactions I want to sell 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 I want to be the best yes. sell 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 and that always really scares me. And I can tell, it's funny, I, I look at a lot of Instagram posts and some of you out there are guilty and maybe to some degree I'm guilty as well. Um, you know, I, I see posts all the time. It's like <clears throat> someone just got started and immediately it's million dollar listings. And it's just kind of, in my mind, I think to myself, I I shouldn't because I don't know that person and I shouldn't get involved in that way. But a part of me can't help but want to say, hey, like, let's build your brand let's find out what do you want to stand for like Mm -hmm. what do you want lay the foundation like who do you want to be as an agent let's let's establish your value your knowledge your skill set and you will get there like you will get there to that point where people will trust you with those million dollar listings Mm -hmm. they won't have a question because you know exactly what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know exactly how to go about the process you've you understand everything that needs to be understood. Yeah. But I, I find that so often it's like I got into this business and I'm going to skip from here and I'm going to go straight to million dollar listings mm-hmm. and I'm going to make however much money off of them. I'm just going to try to catch one and that one will be enough. And part of it is our fault. For sure. Because we're the ones posting. Here's what we've done. For sure. Because we want everybody to say, okay, that's she's someone. still in the business mm-hmm. and she knows what she's doing. Right. So we're continually yep. doing that and that's what <clears throat> they're seeing and they're it's like, oh, well, she can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, she's doing that, I can do that. And they don't realize the process it took to get there. Right. And I try, I try, I don't know, I, I always try to take a little bit of a different approach because I do see people post like their volume numbers. Like I see other oh, lenders will say like closed whatever amount this month yeah. and like top whatever, whatever. I never do that. Yeah. Because of course, am I happy when I have a great month? Of course I am. Do I work really hard for it? Absolutely. And I try to make sure and I put a lot into making sure that the value that we give our clients um, is exceptional. But I don't really care to post those numbers because it's not about that for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I want I love working with people and I love uh, helping people find creative solutions. And more than anything, I want them to know that in mortgage they have options, and that they should be, they should be helped in uh, establishing what those options are, so that they can make educated decisions about their future, and that they're they're happy about the business that we did for them. That's what you know. That's what makes me want to go to work every day because it's fun to do that and to see people kind of be like, wow, like that that nervousness or that apprehension kind of goes away, and you can see that because they see, oh, I have option one option two option three like this is what works best for me and this is what i'm going to go with i love being a part of that process Mm -hmm. so i never post things like that and i just i feel like if that if i had any advice for people that are getting started it would be exactly what you said is that even whether you're going all in or you're doing it part-time is that i feel like step number one is establishing what type of agent or lender you want to be, what's important to you, what do you value, mm-hmm. and then um, building yourself up so that you have a value to give the clients that work with you and yes. establishing that. So that when you do take off and you go full-time and you say, hey, buy, buy teaching like mm-hmm. you did, or you know, you decide that you're going to do it for the first time, that you can at least know what you ha- hang your hat on. Yeah. And that you know what you, what people can trust you with and mm-hmm. how you want to you know, build your business, yeah. lay the groundwork and then take off from there. I would say um, a couple of other things as far as agents go when you're first starting out is to know the market. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get in the MLS every day. You right. have to look at the numbers. If you're going to market your area and you want your neighborhood to get to know you and use you, like you and trust you mm-hmm. so that they'll use you, that knowing that information is tantamount to them trusting you like there is no way they're going to trust you if you if they say well how much did that house sell for and you're mm-hmm. like oh, uh-huh. i don't know yeah so i think like i would preview homes i had nothing else to do right. i had no clients 
I spent my day looking at vacant home, vacant home, vacant home, vacant home in my neighborhood and the neighborhood beside me. So I at least knew some of the inventory that was out there. And I did that every day. Right. And then I would post about it. Here's a house. Mm -hmm. Someone might be interested. Who knows? How am I going to get a client? I'm going to know the, the market and then I'm going to market that right to the people and that's what's so crazy is that so many people don't see all of that work no uh -uh. they don't see all of the countless hours that you put in nobody's paying you per hour no i mean you're going out there and you're and studying you're exactly you're until, out there until the <laughs> day closing. it closes right and a lot of people don't see that yeah. um, the amount of work that anyone puts in to be knowledgeable um to be out there in the field and know what's going on and know what is a fair offer and all of that stuff is there's just so much that goes into it mm -hmm. and um and yeah i mean I, I feel like you couldn't have said it any better is that you have to be willing to do the hard work mm -hmm. to yield some of the result you do yeah. like 95 percent of the work and it gives you just like you know just a tiny bit of of a result and you have to keep doing it and repeating it yeah. and repeating it and repeating it before it becomes consistent enough that it's it's paying the bills and you have a steady business yeah. that um that is you know that's working out for you um, when i've done my training classes with agents and and you know taught about mortgage and what to know i always tell people that the goal i feel like if i were to be an agent and obviously i don't know enough about what that day-to-day -day life is but I know the approach that I would want to take and the approach that I would want to take the same one that I take now is that I want to have as many tools in my toolbox as possible mm -hmm. right I want to I want to know about 1031 exchanges I want to know about FHA loans I want to know about conventional loans mm -hmm. I want to know VA about VA loans I want to know how how do lenders price rate like what kinds of fees do they charge what are general closing costs do you have to be an expert on those um, subjects as an agent no not at all but you want to be knowledgeable enough that if one of your clients happens to ask you a question you know how to address that question and they they get the sense that you know what you're talking about mm -hmm. you know you don't necessarily have to know everything but you know enough to guide them in the right direction and one of the most common mistakes that I see is that people will defer they'll defer everything what's going on with this ask your lender what's going on with this ask the title company what's going on with mm -hmm. this ask the appraiser what's going on with this ask somebody else and I tell people to be very careful about that because what ends up happening is that people will start asking well then why the hell am I working with you if I mm -hmm. if you're deferring every question that I have yeah. um, whether it's an agent or a lender because I feel like you know we do that just as much as anybody else but that's so that's where an agent can go the extra mile if they don't know rather right. than tell your client to go call you let go me call. call let me call yeah, yeah. i'll find I'll out let me find out and i'll get back to you yeah and save them some of that headache right that's our job it in is. my eyes of course is trying to make that process a smooth process so when they get at the end they're happy right or at least satisfied with what happened. Yeah, I mean the um, the word that we use around here in the office is um, the you know, the wow factor. You yeah. know, we want we want people to be done and be like, wow, you know, that was incredible. Yeah. It doesn't always work out that way. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you. And it can't yeah. always work out I that mean, way. there are just so many deals. There's so many deals that have all kinds of really strange, difficult situations yeah. that are so um, complicated to figure out that um, that ultimately cause stress. And people get upset, and I totally get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's they're not ideal. But, um, but they happen, and you have to just do the best that you can with them. Exactly. Um, and some in some cases those will be stressful situations that you can't avoid but for everything else you, you there's a lot of stress that you can avoid yeah. through this process yeah. by you know being diligent and getting out there and trying to you know to just help your clients have an exciting process i want people i'm sure you feel the same as i want people when they're buying a house i want them to be able to focus on the excitement mm -hmm. and the fun of buying a house yeah you know if they're worried about all of the minutiae all of the little details and this and that and they can't get a hold of me and they can't call me they have to call the office and then the office will decide if they can talk to me or not mm -hmm. because i'm too busy whatever the case might be that's not what i want i want my clients to have my number i want them to be able to access me and ask me questions might not answer the phone on the spot but you have access to me yeah. 
And we have to be able to deliver something that um, I think is special and that gives that wow factor. So I think that's the difference between um, you and me and maybe some others is that we focus on the client. Mm-hmm. And my tagline is it's all about you mm-hmm. because that's my focus is right. my client. It's not about my paycheck at the end, right. although that's what I'm yeah. ultimately working you for. You have to get paid. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I do there have are to bills get paid. to pay. And but my focus is on that client because it's their money and it's ultimately their decision. And I need to figure out what I can do right. to get them what they need. And if I have to go over here and work a little harder for no extra pay, then right. that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because those clients, I think we are what how do I want to say this we are successful at what we do because of the way we look at our clients Mm -hmm. and the the, um, the viewpoint of their perspective this is stressful on them Mm -hmm. this is a hard time this is a difficult process and how can we make it easier for them how can we make it fun for them that kind of thing well I mean I, I feel like in anything there are people there are different types of there are just different types of people, man, yeah. in general. And and it doesn't stop at, you know, the real estate industry. There are going to be some really amazing individual people that are lenders that put everything into their clients. There are some great realtors that put everything into their clients and that mm-hmm. care a lot about their experience and their personal lives and their future and that really genuinely invest in being an advocate for their clients and being a resource to them for life. And then you have on both, in both industries, mm-hmm. horrible, horrible polar opposites. Yeah. I mean, God bless. I cannot tell you the amount of characters that I have met that sometimes I'm just blown away. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, how is this person still in business? Yeah. You know, how does this even work? How does this frequency work for clients? How do they come to them and trust them? I just recently had a call with somebody that called me and um oh my god i mean it just laid the freaking uh sleaze goop on real thick you know that so that whole that whole uh kind of like um um yeah what's going on hey just uh you just better take care of this all right uh, no more messing around all right like that kind of oh, just like yeah. really hyper aggressive salesman mm-hmm. uh i'm the boss and you're nobody sort of thing yeah and I honestly, I remember on the, I was so confused because I was in my head, I was just thinking, is this a trick? Is this a joke? Or is this a real, <laughs> is this a real human being that's talking to me? Because I felt like they took a character out of a movie and like had him call me and I was yeah. so confused yeah. and it was a real person. I mean, it was a real, yeah. real live person that works in this industry day in and day out and probably does really well. And I just thought to myself, wow, wow, that person is real. But why? Like, my question is always when I come across those people, why do you feel you have to be that way? This can be a much more pleasant experience right. without you having to play macho or yeah. have your ego. Yeah, super hyper aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember thinking the same thing. I'm like, I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand what. <laughs> I was confused even about the call, to be honest with you. But I love it when I can work with another agent that has a similar mindset. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, we both want to do what's best for our clients, so we're both going to work hard oh, for I mean, our those clients. Are always the, yeah, but those are dreams. there's a way we can do this and right. get it done and mm-hmm. come to the table, and they're both happy. Right. Yeah, and I mean, it's inevitable. There's so this. many, <laughs> so many, so many, um, so many people out there, and everybody, you know, has a different personality. I would, I would imagine that when you ask why, I just feel like people are like that. You know, people have just different personalities and that's how they are in their general day-to-day life. And we all, I think, have different frequencies that we react to. And to some people that like greasy salesman voice, Mm -hmm. aggressiveness is a frequency that they respond to and that they like. And so they go after that person because they figure that that person's going to do a better job. I don't know. I couldn't answer it to you because yeah. if I heard someone like that talk to me on the phone, I would run in the other direction. Mm-hmm. I bought a car recently um, at a dealership downtown and it was like 11 o'clock at night and we were, I mean, I really wanted this car and we were 
close to the end. I was dealing with this great salesman the whole time. And then they passed me over. You know, they do the whole Passover yeah, yeah. to the financing guy. They send you behind the Wizard of Oz curtain uh-huh. and you're sitting down with this guy. And that guy could not have been worse. I mean, total, just total grease. And I, I was 11, 11.30. And he starts like going back and forth with me, forth with me about the deal that I had been promised, and started changing things around, and started telling me like, "Oh, you're not gonna get that for your trade, and your car's not worth that much." And started to like change what, what we had discussed that got me to that table in the first place, right? right. So he picks up the phone and calls this imaginary manager, and he's like, "Yeah, he wants uh, he wants so and so for his car." He's like, "That's what I told him. It's not worth that much." And I'm sitting there watching this happen, oh. and I'm thinking, "What?" the hell is happening right now i'm like it's 11 30 man like i'm not you think i'm gonna stick around for this and wait for you to talk down to me like i'm some sort of idiot so he gets off the phone and he's like yeah man he's you know that car's not worth that you know you can you can you know buy this car or or not but you know we're gonna sell it tomorrow morning (laughs) so i literally i like stood up my wife was right there next to me and i was like well Good luck, you know, have yep. fun selling it. And I stood up and I walked out and he was, I think he had like this confused look on his face where yeah. he thought, you know, this gamble didn't work the way that I thought. Mm-hmm. And I left. It was 1130. I went home. And guess what happened? He they called me back mm-hmm. two days later. I got an even better deal than I got the first time. Yeah. And I told them when I went back, I was like, don't even think about putting me with that same guy. Yeah. I was like, it's got to be somebody else. Yeah. And the guy they put me with was amazing. Gosh, I forget his name. I remember grabbing his card because I was thinking, it's like, I need to hire this guy and bring him to work with me. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, it, everybody has different frequencies. And I guess that works for someone because that guy has a job. And I'm sure he's been there for a long time. And that that's that speaks to some people it just doesn't work for me or mm-hmm. or for you I, I would imagine no i'm imagining you have some pretty crazy stories of people yeah. that you've oh yeah 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 i had in fact talking about that guy i had someone come to mind <laughs> he was i had the seller he had the buyer and he wanted me to come pick up the option money and, and earnest money for him because he was too busy the agent the agent <laughs> And, and he said, well, can't you send the title company? I said, well, you're welcome to call the title mm-hmm. company. And this is a Saturday. Right. <laughs> and he wants the title company to send a courier on mm-hmm. a Saturday after we've just executed it on a Saturday. Right. So he, he called me. And he me. felt that this was your responsibility uh-huh. He somehow. called me back. He said, Lisa, he goes, that's why I wanted to use my title company mm-hmm. because these other title companies don't know what they're doing. And if you had just gone with my title company, we wouldn't be in this situation. I said, the situation where you're lazy and you don't want to go drop off the title check. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I believe in the contract. It says the seller, the buyer shall deliver. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So anyway, I ended up, Mm -hmm. I said, I'll meet you halfway. Mm -hmm. I'll pick it up from you. Yeah. So I met him halfway. He did not get out of his car. He sat there, put his arm out of the truck, drove a truck, of course. Right. You got Stuck his to arm be kidding out me. And held the checks out while he's on his phone. Because he saw me standing there. I was there early. I was ready. I'm standing outside my car, and he drives up and just does this. I just stood there. <laughs> we can play this game. Yeah. Wow. So he finally got out of his truck and brought it to me. Didn't get off his phone. Just handed it to you. Uh-huh. I said, thanks for doing business with, with me. Or, mm. good doing business with you. That's yeah. what he said. Good doing business with you, and then left. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's incredible. It's just easier sometimes, isn't it? To let's just get this done. Let's do it. Oh, I mean, the moment I identify that, that, yeah. But part of me wanted to be a little stickler. Mm -hmm. But then again, I have to consider my clients, right? Right. My clients come first. Of course. What's going to help my clients? Absolutely. So I do that. But my clients never knew. Well, that's the. And I never told them. That's really the only reason. That I that that time that I had that call with that person I was telling you about not the not the car salesman but the other person, mm-hmm. um, they were the seller, um, specifically mm-hmm. that called, and the only reason I even took the call and was polite was because I knew that this was what was best for my client. Yeah, I just had to keep my mouth shut and. Yeah say yes and you know keep the th- deal moving forward and everything was fine but i was thinking good god bless <laughs> god bless that's Why? all you can say yeah and um and it's incredible thing... to me how many how many 
how saturated the industry is with people like that. It's really kind of bizarre to me. So do you think, I think, that those agents and maybe lenders, I don't know, take it personally? Definitely. Lots yeah. of lenders like that. Yeah. Lots. I took it personally for a long time. My first year. They took what every, personally? Every transaction. I think, you know, sometimes when you're new, yeah. other agents know it. Oh, yeah. And they feed off of it. And oh, I had yeah. agents that... Uh, bullied me, mm-hmm. you know, and they would ask me, "How long have you been in this business, Lisa?" Right. I've been in this business for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm talking about. If you want to get this deal done, you're going to do blah blah blah. I'm so glad you brought this up because I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about this. <laughs> and so I I let them do that, and then slowly, as I started getting my confidence and I knew what I was talking about, and I could reiterate, I started standing up for myself and my clients. Why, where was I going with this? Oh, um, well, <laughs> I don't know where you were going with it, but we were, we were talking about that kind of, it surprises me how many people in oh, the industry are yeah, like that. but I think they take it personally because they say we, we, we mm-hmm. instead of my client. Oh, Let yeah. me bring it back. And so I oh, always I say, saying, so yeah. now when mm-hmm. they come at me, I just go, you know what? Thank you so much. I, I would appreciate you taking that to your client mm-hmm. and let's hear what your client has to say. Right. Right. And usually it's a different answer. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I there's no way to tell, right? I mean, I don't. I also don't want to make generalizations about people that are like that and how they must not care about their clients because I I get the I'm impulse. Not saying they don't care no, no, no. I, you're not saying that, but I I get that. Imp- like when I hear someone talk like that, I I can't help but think, okay, this person cares about the paycheck. This this person's transaction volume. You're literally just a shadow. And mm-hmm. the moment this closes, you're out of my life yep. and see you later. That, yeah. I can't help but think <clears throat> that people that are that way it are that way. way. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know that for a fact. Sometimes people are that way because maybe in their mind they think that that is the best way for them to protect their client's interest is to be an asshole. I mean, there's yeah. no other way to say that. That's That might be what people think is that, you know what, this is how I'm an awesome realtor is I act like a jerk with everybody else mm-hmm. so that they do what my clients want. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Yeah. But I can't believe how many people like that there are um, in the industry. And it's just it just kind of blows me away. What you were talking about in terms of the whole how long have you been in this industry thing? I cannot tell you how much that infuriates me especially in mortgage because obviously I'm more familiar with um, that aspect of this industry I have met I mean on my hand I can count the number of lenders that I have met in my life that I feel like these people are legit like these people care about their clients they know what they're doing they know what they're talking about they have a level head and they're like the best of the best and most the rest of them are just they're just awful and i'll tell you that almost all of the time they've been in the industry for Mm -hmm. 15 or 20 Mm -hmm. years and they still suck And so to me, I've always said, even back when I was in coaching and in personal training, I would always tell people that experience doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything. Pardon the language, but it doesn't mean anything because you've been in the industry for a long time doesn't make you good at what you do. Correct. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It just means you've been doing this for a long time. That's literally all that it means. Exactly. I have met agents and lenders that have been doing this for forever that don't know what in the world is happening now because regulations have changed so much because mm-hmm. lending and purchasing homes are so different today than they were even 10 years ago. Yeah. And they have no idea what's going on now. And um, they really don't know what they're doing. I, I had a loan recently that was with another lender um, the whole deal fell apart. I mean, it just came blowing up in their face. This guy had been a lender for a long time, like mm-hmm. 20 plus years, right? And so, you know, we they reached out to us. They told us about the situation that they were in. They wanted us to try to see if we could save it and, you know, figure this out. We got it, saved it, closed it, you know? And that when I got the file originally, I remember thinking to myself, oh man, I can't believe they ever pre-approved this, you know, on my first pass. But after I go through the first pass, if we can't figure it out, we start trying to get creative. Okay, what, what, what can we do? Like, how, how can we figure this out? Do they have to pay this off? Do they have to move this here? Do they have to up their down payment? How can we 
figure this out. Mm-hmm. And we go through that process and we figured it out and we closed it. But there's no reason why a person that's been in this industry for four and a half you know, years um, that doesn't have quote unquote any experience to be able to figure something out that someone that's been doing this for 20 plus years to not be able to figure it out. And so it's just another, to me, it's just an example and validation for me personally, because I need it for my ego. Um, (laughs) That experience doesn't mean anything. Right. It doesn't mean anything. It always to me comes back to what to that person is the basis of their business. What are their tenets? What do they care about? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like a broken record honesty integrity accountability that's what we care about and we do the best that we can to take care of our clients and and that's number one number one priority and everything else follows after that Um, and so anyway that whole experience stuff is a bunch of crap Mm -hmm. I mean God I would probably like I would blow up if somebody said that to me because they just (laughs) like and said it like in a confrontational way Uh I would I would definitely lose it yeah I can't even imagine. But, you know, it happens and I feel like everybody that if you're if you're an agent out there that's just getting started or a lender that's just getting started, know that you're going to go god, you're going to have so many ups and downs. You're going to have probably a lot of really stressful, difficult transactions before you start having a lot of really yes. smooth ones. That, why is that? That always seems to be the case. Well, Your first year is always the hardest. It's like walking. You like don't you always have the weird quite know what to look the, out for. Yeah, maybe so. Because you take anything and everything. You take anything and everything, right? And it's a lot like, oh my God, I have so many of these stupid little examples, but it's a lot like, um, it's a lot like walking uh, around your house at night with the lights off. Like, you know, like you wake up and you're like, I want to go to the fridge. And you walk to the fridge, none of the lights are off, but you know where everything's at. You know, you know where the sofa's at, you know where the fridge is at, you know where the counter's at, you know where the coffee table's at. So you don't really bump into anything because you know what to expect, right? But I feel like when you first get into real estate, you don't know where anything is. I mean, you might as well be, yeah. well be walking into, you know, a, just a puzzle mm-hmm. and there are coffee tables that hit your shin <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden you run into a wall that you didn't know was there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what happens at the beginning. You don't know what to look out for. Right. You don't know, you know, that when it's a condo, you should, you know, hurry up and order condo docs as quickly as possible so that you can get the condo approved. You don't know that if it's, you know, not 10% down that you're going to have to do a full file review of the condo association and that the condo association itself has to be approved, not just the appraisal. You don't know a lot of things. And the crazy thing is that sometimes, even if you're in it for a long time, you don't realize that something has changed. But the longer you're in it and the more that you're able to really dedicate yourself to your craft and not necessarily be in it longer, but really genuinely dedicate yourself to your craft and knowing what's new and what's changing and what you should look out for, you start realizing that I know how to prepare for this deal. Mm -hmm. So I don't have them as stressful. Yeah. Um, And you know who to trust, who your partners are. Yeah. Right. Who's the insurance agent that I'm going to you know have look at deals for or quotes for this property who is the lender who is the builder who is who are the people that i'm surrounding myself with that are going to make this easier for me and for my client Mm -hmm. i think that's a huge piece is finding out who the partners that you're going to have are going to be who you trust Mm -hmm. right with representing you and your business i think Mm -hmm. it's huge it's a huge part of taking the next step i think that and education i think go pretty close together Mm -hmm. yeah I education I feel like has been the biggest thing for me Uh, I take a lot of joy in doing the classes because I see new agents kind of that light bulb turns on and they're they're kind of like oh wow I didn't know that Mm -hmm. I didn't tell you how many agents I've worked with that um, I'll tell that you can do conventional loans at 3% down depending on income limits and they're like what they're like I thought conventional was 20% down and I was like yeah 20 years ago you know, yeah. and it's so it's it's awesome because you just assume that these things that we do every day that everybody knows about them, mm-hmm. and they just they know. Of course, they know. They don't. Yeah. They don't, and that's why they're at classes because yep. they want to learn and yep. they want to get better. And I love when people come because it tells me that they're dedicated to you know becoming a better agent, becoming a better lender, whatever whatever the case is. Yeah. So. And yeah. sometimes knowing so going all the way back to the beginning when we were talking about 
uh, finding your niche or you know the area you want to specialize in I was working with an elderly couple who was wanting to sell their house and they were wanting to move into a retirement community I had never done one before um, a retirement community not not the retirement community but um, this couple in particular needed services. They needed oh. uh, information from Medicare and Medicaid. They needed someone to help them with the downsizing part of it, getting rid of their treasures, oh, things gotcha. like that. And so I reached out and found some connections that could help them with that. But through that process, I realized, oh, I need to do more learning in this. Mm-hmm. So I took some classes right. like that that catapulted me into a whole nother niche so mm-hmm. now I kind of specialize in seniors right and I got my specialist designation for that I took some other classes I did a reverse mortgage class yeah so whenever yeah. I'm slow like you know I don't have a bunch of deals going on mm-hmm. in the summer I kind of do that on purpose mm-hmm. that's when I take all my classes and I re-educate myself on old stuff and new stuff and then I can, you know, the fall is like when everybody's starting school for me, that's like my starting my career again, yeah, right? I'm going yeah. back to my career and I've, I'm armed with new information and right. I can help more people and or do a better job with the people that I'm already working with. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the way to go. And the education is constant, just like anything else. Oh, yeah. Like you have to keep educating yourself. Yeah. And there are programs that are changing all the time. That that conventional Home Ready, Home Possible program, that 3% down, that just changed mm-hmm. recently, like a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so now I'm going to have to educate myself on all of those changes and mm-hmm. make sure that I don't accidentally put somebody in one of those loans that doesn't qualify them for them anymore. And things change all the time. Yeah. And um, I would, I guess if I was going to, you know, leave any parting uh, advice to lenders and agents alike, anybody in the industry is that uh, to stay away from wanting to stay, take shortcuts. You know what I mean? And to just really dedicate themselves fully to to figuring out um, how to educate themselves, how to put as many tools as possible in their tool chest Mm -hmm. so that they have a value to bring to the table Mm -hmm. and that they can kind of foster that sense of of trust and respect from their clients and that they can have the confidence to feel like they're doing and hopefully they don't run into the coffee table on the way to the fridge in the middle of the or night. Or not as often. Or not as, op- or not as often. Because <laughs> even at this point, I mean, God, I still yeah. run into things all the time. Absolutely. Even when you do a full vetting and you put in everything into like getting things mm-hmm. ready, you always, I mean, there just seems to be all kinds of um, situations that pop up. They're just kind of like blind shots that yeah. you just didn't expect. Yeah, that's life. But anyway, well... We've been talking for about an hour now. Wow. Yeah. You're my number. <laughs> you're you're forever going to be the first guest of Dollars the and number Cents. Number one. Did you, know, did you know that that's what I'm calling it? No, that's cute. Dollars and Cents. I like isn't it. That, isn't that kind of cute? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about a bunch of dumb names yesterday, and I don't know how that one came to me. Um, it originally was called Buying Smart with JJ, but I was just like, oh, it just seems kind of generic, and so does Dollars and Cents, but I thought, whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, JJ is a nickname that I got from one of uh, the girls that I used to work with at another company. Um, it's a long, dumb story that I'll tell one day, I guess. But the, ever since that girl called me JJ, yeah. everybody that I work with calls me JJ. And people now people that I don't even know that work someone else, somewhere else will be like calling for JJ. <laughs> so now I'm JJ. My name is Alejandro Juarez. I have no two J's, but I'm oh. JJ. So if you ever hear that, that's what that's, what that's about. But for now, the podcast is Dollars and Cents, and uh, this has been Lisa Waddell, and we've been talking about a lot of really cool topics. I hope that everybody benefits from it. Um, this is one of many. I hope that you'll be back. And Anytime. Yeah, we'll talk about more fun stuff and, and try to make it as beneficial and fun for people as possible. So thank you all. Bye-bye. Love you. Kisses. <laughs> Bye.